Hello, my name is Taya Graham and welcome to the Police Accountability Report. Remember, this show has a single purpose, holding the politically powerful institution of policing accountable. And we achieve this goal not by simply showing videos of bad cops, but probing the underlying system which makes bad policing possible. Well, what does that mean? Well, perhaps the breaking news we will report on today will help explain this by example. And I have to warn you, the images you're about to see on your screen are violent and disturbing. The pictures you are seeing on the screen are of Trinity Ann Fleming, a 19-year-old resident of Fort Wayne, Indiana. The photos show the aftermath of an attack of a police dog during a violent arrest. Police allege Fleming was pulled over by police, drove off, and was subsequently involved in a high-speed police chase that ended with Fleming fleeing the car and hiding in a bush. That's when officers on the scene deployed the dog who caused the injuries we see here. The dog attacked her face, nearly detaching her ear and causing irreparable damage to her nose. Her facial swelling is so severe, she still cannot see. The injuries are so grave, Fleming will have to undergo multiple reconstructive surgeries. We've been in touch with her mother, who we will hear from later in the show. In the meantime, I'm joined by my colleague, Stephen Janis, who has reached out to Fort Wayne police to find out why this dog attack occurred. Stephen, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Taya. I appreciate it. So what are police saying? Why did this happen? Well, I called Fort Wayne police twice. I have not heard back, but they did post a statement with a local television uh, station saying that they had tried to pull her over. She had not pulled over and tried to evade police, led them on a high-speed chase, eventually abandoned her car, and that's when they stick the dog on her. But in terms of, you know, why this happened or what precipitated the stop, they have said very little. So what have they charged her with? Well, they charged her with multiple counts of leaving the scene of an accident. They charged her with the possession of hypodermic needles and some motor vehicle violations. Uh, no crimes, no violent crimes or anything that looks to be like related to like possession of drugs, but more possession of drug paraphernalia. So those are the charges thus far, mostly just leaving the scene uh, of an accident. Stephen, how are they justifying the injuries that she sustained? Well, I went to the website of the Fort Wayne Police where they post press releases about significant cases, and so far, nothing. Um, what's really curious and what's interesting is there's been nothing sort of saying what precipitated the stop, why they felt like they had to pull her over, or why the charges, why they had you know, charged her with what they charged her with. So it's really, and most importantly, why they decided deadly force was warranted, which obviously, if you look at her injuries, this was a use of deadly force. So usually police departments have to somehow justify this or post at least some information about why deadly force was deployed. And so far we haven't seen a single thing. Now to get more details on how this happened and why, I'm joined by Trinity's mother, Jennifer Fleming. Jennifer, what are the police saying to you? Have they explained what happened? I have not had a conversation with the police at all. Um, I thus far haven't seen the official police report yet. Um, so I, when I read the article um, that was posted on my page from, I think it's ABC 21 or, or, or whatever the news affiliated is, um, that was the first that I'd heard anything from the police. Um, all of that I, yeah, and I was a little bit shocked um, because Trinity had said that the, when they took her to the hospital that a police officer actually sat in her room with her for quite some time um, and that he kept asking her if she was driving the car and that um, she kept telling him no, um, but that, that she wasn't being charged with anything. She was under the impression from the conversation she had with him uh, that there there were no charges and there would be no charges. 
What are the extent of her injuries? How severe are they? She had a puncture wound over here from the dog's tooth going through her cheek. Uh, from up here down to like around here, she uh, that's one of the areas it latched onto. And then she had, when I came in, her ear was down way lower than her other side. And above her ear, it looked like there was um, a large amount just missing. So when I saw it, I thought, oh my God, there's a chunk missing from there. And then back here on the back of her head, I didn't get a picture of that because she couldn't hold her um, head up long enough for me to get a picture. Um, but on the back of her head, uh, there was a big gash that was actually seeping out a tissue and blood for a large portion um, of the day while she waited to go into surgery. Uh, I was horrified when I saw, when she set up and I saw the chunks, I was like, whoa, whoa, what is going on here? And she's like, oh, that's been leaking like that all day long, mom. What are the doctors saying? What is her prognosis? Uh, the doctors actually aren't really saying a lot either. Uh, what they did say was that they went in, they sewed this up, uh, they sewed all this through here up. Um, her ear, they took it because it bit like a couple inches above the ear and around. And so it didn't actually damage the ear, which was a blessing. That, that was a blessing in the mix of the crazy. Uh, so all they had to do is like lift that up and then sew that back around. And um, hopefully, hopefully that's gonna be okay. They never did say what they did to the gash in the back of her head. Um, I don't know if they just sewed it or if they had to do other stuff because of the bone back there. Uh, I'm not really 100% certain, uh, but her nose was broken. And because of the way that her nose was broken, uh, they had to go in and put um, a structure in there to give it some support so that they would be able to stabilize the nose in order to be able to do any work on the nose. And so currently um, her nose, when I look at it, um, it's definitely deformed and it still has a tube up it. What are your concerns about how this dog was used? I feel like that the way that the dog attacked her, those were not, the dog did not an att attack in a way to restrain, to notify the police where she was, um, to stop her from running away. Uh, the dog went straight for the head and the face. The dog did not bite her anywhere but the head and the face. And so in my mind, uh, that dog was going in for the kill. Th those, those were kill shots. Um, and from my understanding, uh, dogs are supposed to, like if, if, the, if she was hiding in a bush and the dog ran to the bush and found her, it should have immediately started bar barking to notify the police that, hey, here, here's the culprit, here, here she is. Uh, not... Uh, latch onto her face. Uh, and then the fact of the matter is, is like, she wasn't trying to run away. Otherwise it would have jumped up on her back and knocked her down. That wasn't happening. She was behind the bush. And she, you know, according to her, when um, the dog came upon her behind the bush, she immediately yelled, I surrender, I surrender, get the dog, get the dog, get the dog, because she was afraid of the dog. Um, and she said at that point in time, the dog latched onto her face and uh, she's still screaming. And the officer, after the dog latched onto her face, 
proceeded to command the dog to attack several more times. So he's instigating the dog in my opinion. And then uh, she said when he finally told the dog to stop attacking her, that the dog actually got uh, more vicious with the attack and that he had to come to get the dog off of her. And that when he grabbed the dog to get it off of her, that the dog locked its jaw. And that's when she heard the bones in her head cracking. She's, her word was snapping. That's when I heard the bones snapping. Jennifer, can you talk about your daughter? Tell us a little bit about her. You know, uh, so Trinity really had a rough childhood. Um, she, I made some bad choices that um, cost me my freedom. And in the course of me losing my freedom, she um, ended up being bounced from foster home to foster home. I uh, was with family at one point, uh, then ended up in a behavioral health center and then in another um, an, another facility, uh, the harder she fought to be with her family, the more um, the more punished she was. And so, because of my actions, um, she she was punished. You know what I'm saying? She's a child of an incarcerated parent, and she's paying for my crimes right along with me. And so, I believe because of that, she has a certain level of um, mistrust and a fear and she also you know sometimes she can be a little bit misguided but she is a good person and she deserves an opportunity at a good life and regardless of um what happened to lead up to that that dog attack the fact of the matter is is the dog and the police officer are not her judge jury and executioner we have a judicial system that is set up in this country in a certain way that states that when somebody does something wrong, we apprehend them, we arrest them, we read them their Miranda rights, we um, put them through due process, and that a judge or a jury decides whether they're guilty or not and the consequences flow from there. So we all have agreed as citizens of the United States to live under that social contract. And at the point that the dog, at the police officer attacked, sick, put the dog on her, at that point, that police officer was no longer abiding by our rule, rules or our social contract. He was being her judge, juror, and executioner. And so, um, you know, I'm getting a lot of kickback about, uh, about what the police are saying she did. And mind you, she has not been proven guilty yet. These are still just accusations, nor have the police actually charged her yet. They're still just accusations. Um, and even if they do charge her until she's gone through due process, which is her right, she, uh, she didn't deserve to be punished. As far as I'm concerned, they violated um, the Eighth Amendment of the United States Constitution, and they subjected her to cruel and unusual punishment. And for them to now try to go back in time and do the appropriate due process thing, it's too late. So the fact that they're even now talking about um, arresting her and stacking, they're stacking charges. You can't, uh, you cannot flee um, the scene five times. She didn't leave, she didn't get out of the car, go to the bush, get out, leave the bush, go back to the car. You know, like she didn't, it was one time. And so the fact that there are five different charges for that, um, come on, you're just stacking charges now. You're trying to cover up and make, a, make her look worse to justify what you did. 
But the, the, the fact of the matter is, is she didn't have a gun. She didn't have a weapon. She wasn't harming anybody. She wasn't attempting to harm anybody. There was absolutely no justification for that dog to attack her in her face. And then not just bite her once, but bite her multiple times. She was mauled by a dog, which means that the attack was allowed to continue on. This wasn't a, oh, there she is, we got her. This was a brutal attack that basically they decided that she deserved uh, for whatever reason they thought. They, they claimed that she was driving the vehicle. I don't know if she was or not. Um, I have no idea. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is as her mom, even if she was driving the vehicle, uh, uh, a traffic violation shouldn't lead to a face mutilation. And finally, what do you want to see happen? What ongoing concerns do you have with regards to this type of police tactic? I immediately go to um, the change aspect. Um, one of the first things that I want to see happen is I would like to see uh, some legislation written, some law passed that makes there be um, regulations and guidelines for how police dogs are trained. Um, I would like to see more implementation of when a dog is beyond the handler's control, uh, that that dog should no longer be on the field. I mean, if he told the dog to stop attacking and the dog continued to attack, he had not, did not have control of his weapon because that dog is weaponized. Um, and I also feel like because of the fact that the officer um, had the dog attack rather than just alert, that the officer probably needs to undergo a suspicion, a, a suspension or an investigation. Uh, quite honestly, as her mom, I want him to lose his job. I realize um, that just might be my mother's instinct. It's worth noting that the use of police dogs has been controversial in the nearby city of Indianapolis. The criminal justice-focused website, The Marshall Project, recently published an in-depth report on the use of dogs by Indianapolis police during arrests. The article found Indianapolis, which is 120 miles west of Fort Wayne, has the highest rate of police dog bites of any city in the country. They there, a person is bitten by a police dog every three days. Another way of looking at this is, for example, the same year that Indianapolis had 220 canine dog bites, the New York City Police Canine Unit only reported 25 dog bite incidents. Now, of course, Fort Wayne is an entirely different city, but the issue warrants attention in the context of Trinity's injuries because, as we've noted before, bad practices tend to migrate between departments. And even more important is the question that often goes unasked in these types of cases. Why was Trinity stopped in the first place? The police statement thus far doesn't say, but the omission is curious, partly because what we often overlook is the connection between random car stops, over-policing, and the devastating consequences that sometimes ensue. We think it's an important question police need to answer. And as her mother revealed to us, Trinity has struggled with addiction and trauma. She clearly needs help, not an arrest. She needs treatment and care, not a devastating injury courtesy of an attack dog. And while her alleged actions, if proven true, were dangerous, Perhaps they were set in motion by a system which often takes unnecessary and unproductive risks in pursuit of the elusive goal of public safety by their faith in brute force tactics. My point is not to justify what happened during her encounter with police, but to ask why we are still using law enforcement to intervene in the lives of people who need care. 
Why have we created a culture of law enforcement still prosecuting the war on drugs where people are suffering from a disease of the mind and become fodder for jailers and judges? When you see the horrible pictures of her injuries and hear the suffering of her mom, I think it's incumbent upon us to ask, why did a woman who needed help end up in a hospital bed in need of serious reconstructive surgery? I'm sure the police will eventually point to the chase and their actions during it as justification for all that ensued, which is why it's up to us to ask instead, why? Why did this happen at all? I would like to thank Ms. Jennifer Fleming for taking the time to speak with us during this very difficult time. Thank you, Ms. Fleming. And I would like to thank intrepid reporter Stephen Janis for his writing, editing, and research on this piece. Thank you, Stephen. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And I would also like to thank photojournalist Cameron Grandino for bringing this case to our attention. And of course, I have to thank friend of the show, Noli D, for her support. Thanks, Noli D. And I want you watching to know that if you have evidence of police misconduct or brutality, please share it with us and we might be able to investigate please reach out to us. You can email us tips privately at par at realnews.com and share your evidence of police misconduct. You can also message us at Police Accountability Report on Facebook or Instagram or at Eyes on Police on Twitter. And of course, you can message me directly at Taya's Baltimore on Twitter and Facebook. And please like and comment. I do read the comments, appreciate them, and they really do help. My name is Taya Graham, and I am your host of the Police Accountability Report. Please be safe out there.